But when you talk about some of the journey, there has been the dark night of the soul Mm -hmm. and like a true dark night of the soul. And I know we were chatting about this before, but I'd love to sort of unpack that because I think it's now thrown around Mm -hmm. by a lot of different people. It's now sort of made trivial, but it's actually very not. So Mm -hmm. I'd love for you to give your perspective on the dark night of the Mm -hmm. soul. So glad. There are characteristics to dark night of the soul. And, you know, I'd been through some stuff, health challenge, divorce, loss, some public humiliation. Those were challenging. That was actually not the dark night of my soul. And when I was really in it, I, of course, started to research everybody else's dark night of the soul. I was reading a lot of St. John of the Cross, a lot of Catholic, Christian mystics. And one of the key characteristics is a real disintegration of your ego and identity. Like you don't know who you're going to be on the other side. You feel like you've been a big fake your whole entire life. This wasn't my experience, but a lot of people really question God. Is this, is there really a creator? What is the infinite? Is there a divine? And for me, it was, and this I think is the nature of hell. You think, how long am I going to be in this? Is it going to last any longer? How do I get out? And that is 50% of hell. There's the flames, but then there's the terror when you're in there. And I definitely felt that. And just to bring everybody up to speed, I think when we incarnate, everything gets kind of pencil sketched out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But there's a few pins on the map that you got to hit. And the rest is really up to free will. I don't believe too much in destiny, but maybe just like a few little. And so, of course, my soul is going to dispense this opportunity, like burn some karma, expand, lose all the masks. I mean, this is really the definition of radiance. When the masks get burned and the real light is showing. And for most people, the mask burning is a bankruptcy, a breakup, a diagnosis, public shaming, something, something like that, a lot of loss. So I had a, a series of events it turned into like anxiety. I had no relationship to anxiety. I'd witnessed someone having a panic attack, someone who was working with me. I was like, what was that? And then talking to my shrink who allowed me to have her on speed dial. No joke. I mean, that's love, being able to text and... She said, Danielle, you're having panic attacks. I was like, I am not even an anxious person. She said, you've been managing low-grade anxiety your whole life by being an overachiever. And, of course, it all made sense, and I put it together. Suicidal ideation, waking up in the morning thinking, like my friends who are really heart intelligent, be like, do you have a plan to kill yourself? Be like, no, I have a kid. But I got a long-term plan. Like, I can deal with this tremulous hell. Anxiety is hell. Yeah. And people don't get it. It's like a sinus infection. People who've never had it are just like, what? You look fine. You're like, no, this, you got to know. And I was like, for my child, I can do this for five years. And then I'm going to get him on his way. And I'm going to have to drive off a bridge. But I'm good for now. I got five years of this. And of course, I healed myself and... But it is a dismantling, true dark night. And I wouldn't say it's the best thing that ever happened to me. I'm totally grateful for it. But kind of. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, the suicide ideation was something I've had my whole life. My mom, that was like her pattern a lot. It was suicide was talked a lot about in the house. It was used and manipulated. And this year, I really had my reckoning with it when I went into the darkness. Mm. We did the four days in the dark. Mm. And I just really got to know that part of me, that part of me that feels like it's so hard that wants a way out Mm -hmm. and believes that's the way out and believes Mm -hmm. that like this will be the way. And it's like that little trip up of like, Mm -hmm. this feels hard. And it was for me, and I this is different for other people, when I was denying myself feeling and emotion and when I was denying myself depression or anger or anxiety, whatever I was denying was really like, okay, if I'm not going to feel, then I want it because this feels too hard. So when I went into the darkness and I could really go into the deepest grief, the deepest pain, like that feeling where it's coming and you're scared because you don't know if it's going to go away. You feel like it's going to be there forever. Oh, and that it might take you out. Yeah. Like I will go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I will go and take. Yeah. This is it. And uh, to finally get over that hump and finally make peace with that was so powerful because that mm-hmm. was just like something that had been within me. And I didn't know that so many people had that thought. But I think when you're a soul that comes here and you are someone that is on a mission and you are someone that feels deeply it can be like the fantasy to go away oh plus we romanticize what's on the other side i'm really from another dimension once i'm disembodied it's going to be so much easier last lifetime yes i I when i started saying that i'm like it's not your last lifetime if you're saying that exactly (laughs) exactly and i love yogananda's teachings about this just work it out this lifetime i mean this could be your last lifetime if you're just like i'm gonna get it done but I started to hear stories about people's near-death experiences that weren't all love and light. And they were going into the hell realms and were really shook when they came back. I wonder if you watched the same one that I did. No. Okay. Yeah, this was, a friend had an NDE. Okay. Just hearing her talk about her near-death experience, mm-hmm. I would just say, tell me again. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was just, but I thought, mm, you take your shit with you wherever you go. Yeah. And... Yes, I think if your body vehicle is in a lot of agony, of course there's going to be relief. But I'm going to take all my ideation to the next dimension. I'm still going to have a lot of, let's not, future trip. There might be a lot of work to do. And so I want to get it done now. I don't feel so much like I used to be listening to Mazzy Star, handing my hand, saying this is like totally my last life today. <laughs> I'm not coming back. Terrible. And I realize I am not living. Yeah. Because you're waiting for that. But something about your ideation had me think about strength and the wanting out. I've been dealing with respiratory stuff, heavy metals, poisoning, mold, toxification, all this stuff. And my lesson over the last couple months has been, I've seen how, I'm, listen, I'm strong. I'm invincible except keep this little pocket where I feel I need attention, I need sympathy, I need a break. How dare you? Yeah, but, so it was the last bastion for me of like, I actually don't need the attention. I don't need the sympathy. Yes, I want love. I want reciprocity. I love, oh my gosh, I'm so into loving intimacy with every, like, yes, I want to be met, all those things, and I am respect. However, there's that little, well, it's, I mean, I'm sure it's as vast as my light, but there's that unhealed, wounded part of myself 
my shadow self, my inner child, my ego. I was just like, love me because I'm broken in this. I, you know, I shouldn't be working so hard. Someone needs to, I need a better assistant. I don't even have an assistant, but I need a better one. I fled this winter to get to sun. What you run from will chase you. And I realized as I was sobbing on the beach in Tulum, because things weren't working out, wasn't getting the healing that I needed. I was just like, I deserve better than this attitude. And then it was really, I mean, that was the resurrection. It was like, I don't need sympathy. I am going to be able to breathe so beautifully. I can live and travel wherever I want. That's what changed my respiratory system. And all the things, like you do the things. I think you have the revelation simultaneously with you find this great naturopath and you get, finally you get the right supplement. It all, you got it in or out or all those things. But I still have times when I just think I want off this ride. I would call it like micro. And I just go, I'm strong. And that's it, isn't it? Like, I'm strong, not like I'm going to push through this lifetime, but it's like, I give faith to my godliness. I finally trust myself. Why we're strong? We chose to be here. Victory. I'm, I'm in. Yeah. I will be. Watching my language. I was going to say, I want to be. Let's go even further. Like, I am the antidote. I'm the antidote for my own life and for this time in humanity. Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Microdose by Almost 30. We hope you enjoyed waking up. As always, we encourage you to take what resonates and leave the rest. If you enjoyed this trip, tune into the full episode on the Almost 30 podcast. All episode information can be found in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe. And if this becomes a part of your morning routine, be sure to share it with a friend. We have new inspiring doses Monday through Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Morning Microdose and follow Almost 30 at Almost 30 Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the vortex.